July 23rd, 2021. And no, I apologize in advance. Ezra Levent is not here. He usually is, but the hardest working man in show business is out of the province on a special assignment. And my normal fill-in co-host, that would be Sheila Gunn-Reed, a.k.a. the She-Devil with a Sword. She is also on assignment. So I'm very happy to have, to my left, High Energy, Andrew says, how you doing today, Andrew? I'm doing well, David. Thank you very much. Of course, we're here to take your comments, questions, concerns by form of hyper chats on Odyssey. If you guys are watching on Odyssey or if you're not, head over there to ask us your questions or give us your comments that we'll read aloud. We'll go over some of the nations and perhaps continents biggest stories today, as well as our latest rebel news story. David, the Menzoid Menzeloid, um, what's the first thing you want to talk about today? You know, I got to tell you, um, it wasn't on the list, uh -oh. but um, I'm driving into headquarters and I hear that the Cleveland Indians have changed their nickname for next season going mm. forward. And without getting into the uh, Indians uh, debate and uh, native uh, nicknames and logos such as, I think it, the Washington Redskins are still going to be known this season as the Washington football team. Um, Accurate. I, I don't know what's taken them so long, but um, I couldn't help but notice the nickname is the new nickname that is Andrew the Guardians and first of all um, what how do you visually represent that on a logo uh, and and this seems to be something that is really a Cleveland thing their football team the nickname is the Browns which was actually named after the person who founded the team but you're in a real problem area because how do you visually represent a logo that's brown you can't even use the color on the helmet because that's a rule the helmet can't be the same color as the football mm -hmm. to avoid you know uh, a ref uh, making the wrong call and um you know and, and i mean their basketball team the cavaliers who in blue hell folks would name a male basketball team the Cavaliers? It just, it just sounds so effeminate to me. And now we have the Guardians. And then the more I thought about this, Andrew, the more Guardians made sense. And I'll tell you why. It's kind of like, like we, when you said, oh, well, they'll just have a knight as a Guardian. Well, you're, then you're ripping off the Las Vegas hockey team. I think Guardian is bang on for the day and age we live in because it's like, what it says to me is parental guardian. It's like <laughs> a guardian of content, uh, a guardian that looks at what we say, what we do, what we think, what we write. Um, it is so in tune, I think, with cancel culture that, uh, you know, here are a bunch of guardians in Cleveland, of all places, um, monitoring um, correct speak. And uh, the idea that they got rid of a logo that uh, is more than a century old or and a nickname that's more than a century old, um, I guess it shows that they're practicing what they preach. But uh, what are your thoughts on that? They should have went with a bird or something. There's a lot of <laughs> birds in the major leagues. You got the Orioles, the Cardinals, the Blue Jays. Why not the Sparrows? Yeah. Um, <laughs> Sparrows. <laughs> they could have went with something rock and roll themed. Cleveland uh, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is there. The Cleveland LeBron Jameses, maybe. Just get a logo of LeBron since they were from there. Um, I don't know. It's, uh, it, it's stupid. It's one of those situations where nobody asked for it except for people who don't care about baseball. Just like, what are the Edmonton Eskimos called now? Oh, the elk hounds or the elk swine. Edmonton or elk or something. <laughs> um, shout out to a couple of the Edmonton Eskimos who are actually 
you know, really smart guys. I, I watch a lot of their stuff that they post online and they say some real woke stuff and not in the sarcastic sense, even though I did quotations. Um, I don't know, David, I think it's one of these things that they're gonna regret. It's just, but it's probably gonna be forgotten in a year or two. I mean, sports fans will remember it, but everybody else is just gonna start calling them that. Washington football team, I don't know how they've kept it the same for this long, it's really stupid. Um, I don't know how you're supposed to build a brand or sell merchandise or ha get new fans. Yeah. If most of the times when kids are picking teams and it's not just a legacy thing where like my father's a big Leafs fan, um, which isn't what happened with me because my dad's a Canadians fan. Um, they go with whatever they think is the coolest logo, the coolest uniform, whoever yep. sounds the coolest. The football team and the Guardians, you know, and the Elks, these aren't cool names, they're not cool logos. Um, you got to do something creative, like Seattle's team is the Kraken. That's going to get at least some people to be like, oh, it's, this is interesting. But when you go down this road of let's get the most generic thing we can to not offend people, um, it's insane. And somebody's done a video, and I have it in one of my old episodes of my show with a guy named Vince Dow, a young guy. He goes through all the college sports teams in the United States that have uh, logos that would be offensive to white people. <laughs> <laughs> and there's actually hundreds of them. I mean, you could go down the road of the Boston Celtics being offensive if you, oh. if you want to. Um, the, the, and there's the so many. Dame, uh, fighting Irish. Fighting right? Irish, Texas Rangers. So there's so many things that could be offensive to other people, uh, but they just choose not to. And, this, and the reason why this happens is because it's usually white people acting on other people's behalf to be offended on their behalf. And it's a sad situation, David Menzies. And by the way, you are 100% right in that assessment because... If there are any woke people tuned in right now and they're going, oh, this is rich, <laughs> uh, two white heterosexual males uh, talking about uh, what is and isn't offensive to natives. Well, I can tell you back in 2016, the Washington Post, no less, and I'm sure they were shocked by the results of this mm -hmm. poll. They had an exclusive poll to Native Americans about the team name and logo, Washington Redskins. And I am absolutely sure, Andrew, to their shock and dismay, more than 90% said they had no problem. In fact, they liked it. We, we actually did an assignment where we went down to downtown Toronto and talked to natives, and they loved it. They, they thought it was empowering. So it begs the question, doesn't it? Who is offensive? When you're asking natives who have the most skin in the game about native nicknames and logos uh, for sports teams, and more than nine out of 10 say, no, this isn't bad. In fact, it's good. In fact, you know, I wear this merchandise. Uh, I, I go back to, you know, when I started my career, such as it is, uh, in Northern Alberta in the 1980s, um, I was in a part of uh, the real estate in Canada, Andrew, where there was something like in the town I was in, St. Paul, uh, it was a short drive to, I believe, five Indian reserves. And in the 1980s, in Northern Alberta, at the peak of Gretzky mania, right? You would think that the Edmonton Oilers jersey would be the most prevalent. I can tell you on the reserves, the, you know, I was with a pickup team and we would play native teams, almost every single one wearing the sweater of the Chicago Blackhawks. So these are natives with their own money buying uh, a potentially offensive, um, you know, sweaters and logos. And by the way, the Chicago Blackhawks, I have no I have no doubt whatsoever uh, that this, which is 
easily one of the most beautiful hockey jerseys ever created in the history of Shinny. Um, that will be next on the cancel culture list. You watch in our lifetime, that's gonna be a different name and nickname. But what I'm getting at is who are we bending the knee to? White social justice warriors <laughs> that are being offended on behalf of the natives who aren't? This is madness, Andrew. Well, the Chicago, regarding the Chicago Blackhawks, so many native teams have taken that logo as many like amateur teams do. Yep. Uh, in Whitby, Ontario, Canada, um, the Iroquois team, their lacrosse and their hockey teams use pretty much a repurposed version of that logo. And yep. it happens all the time with lacrosse teams. And last thing I'll say on this is the Edmonton Eskimos, same deal as yep. the uh, Washington Redskins, where the Edmonton Eskimos actually came up with that name with the help of a native tribe who they also do yearly benefits with. They visit with the people on the reserve all the time, every season. So they're not, uh, they're not pleasing anyone by just changing their name. And even though they had an overwhelming um, support to keep the name, they s still decided, I don't know, uh, Sally Ann in, in public relations department said, no, this is the fence of David, we have to change it. Yeah, and one last thing about the Edmonton Eskimos, I remember when they got the names down to the final seven, which all had to begin with the letter E because they wanted to keep yeah, the double E logo. Because they can't afford right? to change it. No, but that is an iconic logo. I applaud that. If you had a gun to my head and said, you must change this nickname, you can no longer use Eskimos. It has to be another name with an E. And I mean, I was looking at the name Elks, uh, Eclipse. I mean, who in blue hell would name a sports franchise That's an Eclipse? Too. But here's the thing. What didn't make the final seven a word that begins with the letter E that is completely in touch with the culture of Alberta is energy. Wouldn't that be, yes. what a great name for a sports franchise, the Edmonton Energy. But I know what's happening in the back door, in, in, you know, in the, the Energy is also evil. Yeah, oh my goodness. Um, what about the Greta Thunberg element? They might not like uh, this idea of um, a fossil fuel connection. The Oilers so, are gonna have to change too. Oh yeah, well, you know, uh, look when, uh, Houston went back into the NFL. Um, they had a great nickname too. Also the Oilers, a fantastic uh, logo, I thought, an oil derrick. And they became the Houston Texans. Isn't that redundant? <laughs> well, it's because it's a different franchise, David Menzies. No, the Houston Oilers moved to Tennessee to become the Tennessee Titans. I would expect David Menzies to know this football war. Uh, listen, when Winnipeg rejoined the NHL, it went back to the Jets. And by the way, the owners wanted a different nickname and Manitobans rose up in anger and said, no, you call, you're staying with the Jets, and they did the right thing. They Rise up, Manitoba, Manitoba yeah. strong. Our next segment is brought to you by the United <laughs> Nations. Um, <laughs> you know, they got trucks in Toronto now. Right? Uh, yes, they have moved into our parking lot. They now own us. Annamie Paul is the de facto, I guess I can use the term, leader of the Green Party. She won the leadership race, did she not? Mm -hmm. And now we've, uh, are those documents uh, public yet that we've discovered? We can, I, can I we mention those? Well, I know our lawyers uh, sent a process server yesterday to the court because what is spectacular, folks, is that Annemi Paul, who just launched yesterday her official election kickoff, in the periphery, there is turmoil galore. The Green Party of Canada and the Green oh, Party go. Fund of Canada, right? Um, they have launched uh, legal action. Uh, basically, uh, the gist of it is um, 
when there was uh, the specter of a leadership review that was quashed, it shouldn't have been, they, they should have been reviewed. And basically, what is enemy Paul's sin? Well, um, she is pro-Israel. Mm -hmm. uh, and when you have a party full of progressives, uh, it is du rigueur to denounce Israel, to embrace the likes of Hamas. And we know this, don't we, Andrew? Because um, remember back in 2015, um, Elizabeth May, the former leader of the Green Party, and someone who I think is still strongly connected to the Green Party in terms of string pulling and puppet mastering, um, she was at that incredible um, event. It was, I think it was the Ottawa Press Gallery in Ottawa, where she, she wasted? Pray, uh, well, <laughs> I, 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 you know what? I think it would be um, in her favor. No, I think she should cling to that. I was drunk as a skunk. I didn't know what I was saying. I didn't know what I was doing. But she was singing the praises of Omar Khadr, our mm. homegrown Islamist terrorist and now multimillionaire, thanks to the Trudeau liberals. I don't know if we have that clip, um, if Mr. Producer finds it. So if you are embracing Omar Khadr, um, you kind of get an idea where the Greens are on Mideast policy, don't you? Well, it's because she is Jewish, I would imagine, but people are gonna, of course- say, That's enemy Paul, not Elizabeth Exactly. Yeah. Um, now people are gonna say, why are you guys carrying water for the Green Party? Um, because it, it's silly what they're doing. Yeah. Um, they're suing their own leader because they don't like who <laughs> won. They don't like what she's standing for. The, and I imagine this Green Party fund comes from their global fund as they are quite literally a globalist party. Hence why all Green Party uh, parties across the entire wor world use the same logo and they use the same platform. Mm -hmm. It's it's pretty much NDP, but with pretending they care more about the environment, it might as well be the same party. But they, whereas the NDP would just be localized in Canada and perhaps wherever Jagmeet is, is not banned from, uh, the Green Party, you know, they collect funds, they collect um, organizational not representation, but connections. It's basically just a global party, literal globalists who say, let's try to run here, let's try to run there. And uh, they do their best. And I'd imagine their global partners are not a fan of Annamie Paul being a fan of, you know, her own heritage, I guess. Yeah, well, you know, uh, Andrew, that, that's so true. And I mean, they were fans prior to May when um, we had that big eruption uh, with Israel and Hamas and, uh, and she issued a statement about, um, I mean, I, I don't want to misquote it, but it was, I thought, so innocuous, you know, uh, let, let, let's get back to discussing the issues. And evidently, because she didn't outright condemn Israel, right. that was her sin. In fact, one Green Party member crossed the floor to the Liberals. And, um, and I would argue that I think maybe a lot of the Green Party membership didn't even realize um, and when they voted for her, that she was Jewish. You know, I mean, in terms of the identity politics poker game, I mean, she's got, you know, the ace and the king in her behalf. She's female and she's black, right? And that should neither be here nor there, but we know that's not true. Mm -hmm. That's how politics works. But when she, it was revealed that she was Jewish and pro-Israel, whoa, 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 whoa. Then you had defections. Then you had a turmoil about a leadership review, now a lawsuit. And I've never seen anything like this, a party going into an election, Andrew, where the party's own leader is the subject of a lawsuit to be ousted by her own party. Can you ever remember this? If she does 
in fact, get to hold her position as the leader. I think this helps her. I think this will get her NDP voters. Um, but the thing about the NDP and the Green Party is, and I do lump them in on purpose, is that especially for the Green Party, you're going to have a bunch of people who probably used to care about the environment a lot of what maybe the Green Party was 20 years ago. And, and just as a we are literally the party to pu try to push environmental uh, policy. Now, obviously, it's different. I don't think that a lot of their party members, and maybe this is be me being too mean, uh, know a lot about what's going on. They see Green Party, they think it's good. And I don't think that they're going to allow uh, any differentiating opinions in this because that's just not how it works when you get into these far or left groups. It's just, we have these set of things. You're not supposed to be offensive to anyone. And disagreeing with Palestine as an oppressed state is just one of these things you're not allowed to say. Just like as if she was, if she was to tweet out there are only two genders, there would be oh, there'd be even more outrage. Gracious. You know, <laughs> and and the other thing, I'm glad you brought the NDP up because when we look at the equation of the electoral map, the 338 seats, and why the Liberals tend to do so well. Well, let's consider this. This is Toronto Centre, folks, uh, which uh, used to be the riding of the disgraced uh, ex-finance minister Bill Murnau, and um, the you know here's the thing. I can easily see support for enemy Paul and the NDP, and guess who comes right up the middle? It's the Liberal candidate, another riding one by the Justin Trudeau Liberals. Isn't, is it this the Marcy Ian riding? Yes. So she's probably going to retain, is my guess. I, I would imagine, and um, uh, you know, unless uh, you had some meeting of the minds between Green and NDP voters to strategically vote for mm. one party or the other, but I don't see that happening. And again, this will be, I think, a riding one by uh, a Liberal candidate going right up the middle. I mean, not that Jagmeet can ever win, <laughs> but I would be so interested to see how this sort of stuff would play out if we started asking Jagmeet these questions. You ask Annamie Paul um, her support versus of Israel versus Palestine. She tells you Israel, there's your big controversy. You start asking Jagmeet um, about tough questions about religion, who he sides on in Islam versus Sikhism. How about Khalistan? All these questions yep. about his religion. Yep. NDP is a party of, of voters who hate religion. I'm sorry to tell you, they're not religion. And maybe they don't hate religion. Maybe they want to respect all people. But when it comes down to the beliefs of something like Sikhism, young voters who are 18 to 25 who are very left are not going to be going to bat for anyone's r religious freedoms as we've seen in the last year. Now, it may be different because they might see it as an oppressed uh, <laughs> a group. However, Sikhs are not going to be NDP voters and NDP voters are not going to be Sikhs. That's just going to be the reality of it. I don't see how those two belief systems can mix at all, especially when you take from the fact that a common NDP voter is going to be pro-Palestine. Uh, a person who's a religious Sikh is not going to be pro-Palestine. That's just historically and literally not how it's going to be. So I would like to see how things would go if Jagmeet actually had to start asking or answering questions about this stuff. Is if his party, if his party actually started to know his true belief system and his actual opinions on global conflicts and and religious uh, doctrine in that sense, because all we ever get from Jagmeet is uh, tax more, uh, child grants, uh, days off, we need more sick days, 
and you know everything's offensive and, and racist and I'm gonna cry about it. But you know what? Um, I would uh, dispute that uh, the likes of uh, Jugbeat Singh uh, you know, have nothing to do with religion or hate religion because we know he has a soft spot in his heart for the idea of a uh, a Sikh republic within India called Khalistan. And there are uh, Sikhs in Canada that do uh, believe in this. I think this is an, a deader issue in India than it is in Canada, believe it or not. And let's not forget, Andrew, the biggest act of Canadian terrorism goes back to the 1980s, the Air India bombing, and this was what it was all about, right? So when you look at Jagmeet Singh, when he's brought on the carpet to talk about an independent Sikh Republic, Khalistan, he does tap dancing that would make Fred Astaire <laughs> blush, okay? Uh, because uh, he can't be seen as pro-terrorism or pro-extremism, and yet he can't go against the wishes of much of his base, I'm sorry to say, which are pro-Khalistan Sikhs. Well, I don't doubt for a second, I don't know if that's what you're alluding to, that Jagmeet doesn't believe these things. Him and his brother both uh, seem to be religious Sikhs. I wouldn't doubt that for a second. I don't necessarily care about what his beliefs uh, actually are. Um, I just think that if he's an actual, if he's Sikh, I don't think the mass of NDP voters would support the religious views that a Sikh might have or pertain to have, especially in relations to things like Palestine, Islam, uh, transgenderism, <laughs> stuff like that. Now, um, Justin, it's do we... so complicated. Exactly. It? <laughs> it's, it's hard when you're lying all the time. Uh, Justin, do we have that clip the Menzoid mentioned? Uh, good to go. All right, let's see it. All right. He's got one second now. Oh, he's got All one of a sudden, from one moment, he's the greatest producer ever. He's found the clip. The next moment, he wants... Justin will always be the greatest producer ever. I mean, we began the discussion with uh, baseball. Do you know I call Justin Mr. Triple? I'll leave it up to the audience to decide oh, no. if that's because he hits a record number of triples or he always bats into a triple play. <laughs> that would be exciting. Triple play is an exciting play no matter what. It sure is. Well, let's Unless go you're the batter. <laughs> Let, let's move on to... Oh, you know what? I think, do you have it, Justin? Okay, oh. here's Elizabeth May in a clip that will never get tired. Check it out. <laughs> do you guys ever wake up with old theme songs from former black and white TV shows that you never thought your kids would ever see and they're running through your head? Like every now and then I wake up thinking about... Lisa, you've got to wait. Lisa, I wake up thinking about a oh, horse right. is a the horse, of course, of course. This morning down. I wake up thinking this. Why am I thinking this? Do you guys wonder? Lisa, hang on. Wait, you know what? Do you guys remember the theme song? Welcome back. Who knew Cotter was spelled K-H-A-D-R. Welcome back. Oh Omer Cotter, it matters to say it. Welcome back, Omer Cotter, you're home. There's a lot unusual about your speech, Liz, but we're going to take off. Omer Cotter, you've got more class than the whole fucking cabinet. Thank you. What did the other woman say when she spoke into the That, that was Lisa Raitt uh, doing heroic work in preventing Elizabeth May <laughs> from really going down the sewer. You know, folks, how, first of all, how disgusting, both the sentiment and the language. Secondly, uh, how did we ever know that um, Elizabeth May was so ahead of the curve in terms of the Justin Trudeau liberals that gave our homegrown Islamist terrorist a $10.5 million check for hurting his feelings? But 
uh, I'm not going to uh, quote her verbatim, but you know, Omar Carter has more effing class than the entire um, Harper cabinet. Um, mm. You know, let me write that one down. Yeah, <laughs> it, 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 it is. It is mind-boggling. This is a woman who thinks that a terrorist who killed an American ally and partially blinded another one has class. The guy should be locked up for the rest of his miserable life. And secondly, uh, in 2019, I got to ask questions to Elizabeth May at the press conference after the federal uh, leadership debate in um, Ottawa. And um, this is what I brought up to her. And I thought she had an easy out, Andrew. I thought she could have said, which I think is quite clear, that, you know what, I was drunk as a skunk. I didn't know what I was saying. You know, then I'd have forgiveness. But no, she doubled down. She said, you know, the press gallery dinner, it's all about comedy. It's all about making jokes. And my follow-up question is, um, is the family of um, Mr. Spear, are they laughing about this? You know, the person whose life was taken by this scumbag. Um, so this is the leader of the Green Party up until recently, and who I think is still uh, pulling the strings. She is a disgrace. She is vulgar. She's a hypocrite, i.e. member of Victoria Day two years ago, drove <laughs> in BC, drove in a Victoria Day parade in a Dodge Viper, which I think manufactures nice. 640 horsepower. Not exactly a plug-in Toyota Prius. <laughs> um, so I have nothing but contempt for this vile woman based on those statements. She's never apologized for them. Maybe the Green Party would have been a better, done a better job of keeping track of uh, the electrical car outlets that Sheila Gunn Reed did a story on recently, how the yeah. federal, if you guys didn't hear, Justin, can we just pull up that story quickly? We'll talk about it for two minutes. Uh, Sheila has documents that showed the federal government forgot where they placed all their electrical car uh, charging centers across the entire country. And they've had to hire a foreign, for some reason, they hired an American, company to try to locate all of their plug-in stations. I don't know what to call charging stations, I guess. Um, How is this possible? I don't know. People are pointing out <laughs> that there's actually apps that you can download that say, here's the closest. That's right. Um, which makes sense, of course. Yep. People with electric vehicles need to know that's an easy service, an easy idea. Should have been on Dragon's Den. Brett Wilson. Shout out Brett Wilson, who won't come on my show anymore. Um, oh, what happened there? Another lover's quarrel? <laughs> <laughs> no, for some reason, he thought that I wanted him to debate Adam Skelly on the show. And I was like, no, I just want you to come on the show, oh, Brett okay. Wilson. And he hasn't replied. Shout okay. out Brett Wilson. Trudeau government loses track of electric car chargers, <laughs> pays American company 680 grand to find them. Oh, what? Now, Sheila has the best, uh, like... <laughs> Sex aid. She's great at finding like the best and most hilarious she's do the best. government documents. Yeah. Um, so that's always exciting. Go to rebelnews.com to see that. Let's move on to Justin. We can show probably the first two minutes of my video about Hasbro toys. You oh, know, it was a good one. Hasbro has um, Marvel. They make all the big companies' toys: Marvel, Transformers, uh, Power Rangers, all that stuff that David Menzies still plays with and still reads the comics for. Yeah, but you know what? That sounds like a lot of toxic masculinity. There, there is. That's huh. why we need to make sure it's only Wonder They don't make Barbie. Wonder That's Mattel, right? You're apparently knee-deep in the <laughs> toy manufacturing game. Regardless, Project Veritas found a whistleblower for Hasbro Toys. He was a 
Uh, packaging engineer, I believe, was his title. <laughs> contracted by them, not directly from them, but by so the company he works for is contracted by Hasbro. They made them go through mandatory training where people part of a, a company that does like uh, they produce books, indoctrinating books for children about BLM and sort of stuff like that. Like everything's racist. That's the company. Um, they gave a seminar as such. Um, that became mandatory training for these Hasbro oh. employees, where it tells you that three months old to six months old, your child has racial biases and preferences. A little bit after that, they choose who they want to play with on the playground uh, by race, which I didn't uh, experience as a child at all. Wait a minute, at three months three, of age? Three to six months old, you'll see it in a second, but three to six months old is where they first develop their racial biases. And then as they go through the first like five years of a child's life and tell you how racist they are, by the time they get to five years old, they're telling you that it's only the white children that choose their friends based on race. Uh, black and Latinx or Latinx, Latinx <laughs> is what they call them. Those children don't have those biases. But um, by the way, I don't know one Latino or Latina person. No, of course I've not. ever met that identifies as Latinx. In fact, they hate that description. Of course not, because they're Catholic most of the time from Central and South American countries, and they only believe in two genders, which is a controversial statement. I know everybody. Uh, Hit me up for that one, I guess. But uh, it, it just seems like they've got two people on screen here. You'll see them, and they're giving a, a revised history lesson of how racist infants and small children are. And then, oh. but once they get to the age of five, it's just only the white kids. Once they can start thinking, <laughs> of so course. Justin, can we play maybe the the parts where we see the actual clips of this uh, this terrible training video? By three to six months, babies are beginning to notice and already express preference by race. Um, there was research that looked at how by six months, infants living in a homogenous or same race neighborhood showed preferences for faces from their own racial groups, whereas infants living in more racially diverse environments did not show that same preference for their own racial group. Welcome back to Rebel News. Critical race theory is a term and idea that seeks to categorize racial groups as the perpetually oppressed or oppressors, teaching students that they are subjected to these realities as a matter of fact as soon as they're born. Attempts to obfuscate these points are top of mind for talk show hosts these days who insist that the definitions are just wrong. Theory, right? What I don't think is right is that forcing eight-year-olds in Cupertino, California to deconstruct their racial identities That's and then rank themselves theory. according to power and privilege. Power and privilege. <laughs> it's intersectionality theory, which was invented That's by Kimberly Crenshaw. That's intersectionality. It's a separate thing. Which intersectionality is, is a separate race thing. Theory. No, it's you, not, dear. You had her on your it's show. Not. You know She's, this. Yeah, she and, invented and here's both the things. Line, Joy. She invented both things. What you've done in tonight's segment She's is exactly... It's not critical race theory. It's just dividing people by race. They swear. Teaching children to judge each other by race and convincing non-believers that racial inferiority is a belief naturally held by all is very dangerous, of course. And these semantics will undoubtedly play a part in this next story where toy giant Hasbro, they make toys for Disney, Marvel, and Transformers. They've just been exposed for putting employees through mandatory training that states, as a matter of fact, that infants as early as aged three to six months are in fact guilty of racism. By three to six months, babies are beginning to notice and already express preference by race. Um, there was research that looked at how by six months, infants living in a homogenous or same race neighborhood 
showed preferences for faces from their own racial groups, whereas infants living in more racially diverse environments did not show that same preference for their own racial group. And this is really important because we see that early exposure to different races is impacting these preferences before babies are even one year old. Children as young as two are already using race to reason about people's behaviors and um, we may see this play out in daycare or on the playground and in, in how kids are starting to choose or exclude playmates and friends. The man who exposed these videos is David Johnson, a packaging engineer who's contracted by Hasbro. He joins us now. Thanks for coming on, David. How are you? All right, let's bring I'm it good. Back. Thank you for having me. David, what was your immediate reaction when you were exposed to these training videos? We're seeing children under the age of one have racial biases. How did you react to seeing that? Um, I was pretty blown away. Um, I'm not, I wasn't unfamiliar with um, critical race theory or intersectionality before. Um, I knew about, I've known about their ide ideology for a few years now, but just to have it in, so in my face at my place of work was just a huge uh, like slap in the face or a splash of cold water. Um, as soon as I saw the video, I'm like, I have to let people know about this so that they can understand what's being pushed onto their children. Was there any discussion amongst fellow wow. employees who you know, um, Andrew, right off the hopper, uh, the woman that was speaking there, Katie Ishizuka, co-founder of something called The Conscious Kid. Yeah, that's the group that produces like the indoctrinating books. You can go to their website and on the front, they just have the examples of their books about everything's racist. What, what a perverse name for an organization, The Conscious Kid, because I felt myself becoming unconscious <laughs> as I listened to the drivel coming out of that dingbat's mouth. But she made mention of the fact that um, studies show or the research shows, and um, here's some homework for you. Get a copy of that research. Get a copy of that study. I'm serious because, you know, um, a wonderful book, I think it was published in 1990 by Cynthia Crossan, uh, who was an editor, reporter at the Wall Street Journal. It's called Tainted Truth. And it was basically how um, when a sponsor is doing a study, that by changing the degree, one thousandth of a degree, you can come out with a very different conclusion than doing an unbiased study or research paper. In other words, you can um, change the study to come up with the conclusion you wanted it to have. And if that's impossible, well, what you could do to plan B, uh, bury the study and make everybody sign a non-disclosure agreement or else they don't get paid. Um, that is what I think is happening here with research that shows a three-month-old is developing racial bias. And of course, as you said earlier, it's only the white three-month-old uh, kids. How would you even, mo the child can't even speak. Well, I think what's going on there, and of course they don't get questioned on this because they speak, my biggest problem is they speak so matter of fact about it. But yes. when she's saying that uh, a child, three to six months old, who grows up in their own you know, racially homogenized area and has a preference for a certain race of a face. It sounds to me like she's taking a baby prefers the face of their parents who will look like them as their preference. Like that's literally what happened is babies prefer the face of their own parents and that's why they cry when somebody else holds them. It, and then she gets into this whole thing about how toddlers, only white toddlers care about this and you know, it's a whole bunch of crap and she sounds like Catherine McKenna when she speaks and they don't get challenged at all. And there's a part that we didn't show there that you can see if, I think if you watch the full video or go to the original, go to the website with 
our website with the video in it, and you'll have it linked to the Project Veritas video where, where you can see the rest of it. And they talk about how um, children start to prefer uh, white people and then after that statement, she says, which of course is the privileged group in our society. So she just adds in her own little factoids there that are so obviously true. And Dave, this is just gonna enrage people. It's gonna think children that it's okay to hate a certain race. It's gonna make another race of children think that they're inferior or inherently pieces of garbage because they have no choice but to be like see themselves as hateful. Well, 100%, I would make the argument that the most unracist demographic, if that is a word indeed, would be children because uh, they have, I mean, my argument, Andrew, is I don't think there is a DNA in any race which makes a person hate another person mm -hmm. based on race. I think it is uh, learned through environment. In other words, if you're a child growing up in a household uh, in which, say, the mother and father are uh, racist against any one group, that might rub off on you. And you know what? It might not. You might actually counter mm -hmm. that kind of hateful environment, but it has more to do with nurturing the nature, is what I'm saying. Secondly, let's call this for what this is. Whether it's critical race theory, whether it's Black Lives Matter, their basis in ideology is Marxism. And Marxism is always about tearing things down, tearing down the establishment. And it is a sad situation that we're in, that Marxists, I believe, through 50, 60 years of indoctrination to everything from education to the judiciary, uh, to policing, to academia, have infiltrated all these organizations. And that's why Hasbro, the toy company that should just be manufacturing playthings, is instead indoctrinating uh, their workers um, with this outrageous garbage that is supposedly based on research. But like I said, I want to see that research. I think it's bogus. I don't think it exists. I think it is deeply flawed. And I think it is politically driven. And um, hopefully, in the years to come, Andrew, we're going to have a backlash to this kind of garbage because this is causing so much dissension out there and is doing the opposite when it comes to fixing race relations. Well, the reason I showed that Joy Reid clip, who's super, you know, far left on MSNBC, she's had the person who coined the term critical race theory on, and she's also the same person who invented intersectionality. Yeah. So she didn't completely invent them, but she's one of the people that popularized them and came up with these terms. Um, critical race theory is, a, is like a, a study and a paper done by this guy uh, in the 70s or 80s, I forget which it was, but it, she's not the exact inventor is my point there. But now this argument that Joy Reid and other people are having to counter people's problems with critical race theory is like, oh, that's not the exact definition of what critical race theory is. And that's what she says with that guy in that clip. She says, oh, it's not Marxism. It's, uh, it's just critical race theory looking at had policing and the justice system through the eyes of, of people who are non-white. And then he says, well, she invented intersectionality. And it's the same thing. She's like, oh, no, she invented them separately. They're two separate things. So now they want to play semantics about what critical race theory is, even though it's clearly been 
it's clearly become this encompassing thing where you're teaching children to divide each other based on race, permanent oppressed and oppressors. We all know what it is, but this is the way that they say uh, nobody knows what they're talking about. This guy named Mark Lamont Hill does the same thing um, where he, he said recently that he believes all white people are racist. They say, well, you haven't read the actual original uh, paper of critical race theory, so you saying that it's communist and Marxist and involves intersectionality is wrong because it's actually just meant to be used in law like it's so easy to predict just like any of these other topics what exactly they're going to say once you actually have the knowledge of what it is because they can never get past point one they think that they've i've got this one point and nobody else because that's the people they surround themselves with nobody else is going to dig any deeper on this and just like everything else in elections uh whatever you want political ideology you want to point out if you just go the extra layer deeper especially with news stories then you've already defeated 99% of arguments and you can predict all the other ones. It's how people like myself or yourself, when we go out and do streeters and we get crazy answers, we know exactly what their first response is gonna be to a question because they all have the same answer because they read something on Reddit or somebody shared a Facebook post with them that yeah. uh, is the truth. Or now this video, the real reason why Anime Paul is standing up for Israel and supporting their genocide, yeah. something like that. Or they are afraid of speaking what they really feel because we live in a day and age of cancel culture, uh, whether it's being deplatformed off a social media channel or even being excluded from your own social circle of, of friends. That, that's where we're at. And these, you know, this, this invention of words, intersectionality, you know what I'd love? Here's my idea of intersectionality. Why don't we send Joy Reid on a bicycle in her summer ensemble to the intersection of Portage and Maine in Winnipeg in January, you know, that that would be my kind of reality show. I mean, give me a break. Uh, you know, it's so much mumbo jumbo um, and people are nodding their head in agreement, I think, Andrew, to concepts that they don't even understand. Well, uh, for people who don't know who Joy Reid exactly is, somehow she got a promotion to have her own show when she was caught with old anti-gay blogs that she used to write, very much like Chank Uger of the Young Turks used to write blogs about like fantasizing about rape. But Joy Reid's old blogs, for some reason, everybody used to have a blog, were about uh, anti-gay stereotypes. And then she claimed it wasn't her who wrote them um, on her own blog. And uh, she, it was hacked to that old story. My account was hacked. And then somehow she got a promotion out of it. So that's who Joy Reid is. And I want to uh, transition your statement of people just saying, um, no comment or I don't want to comment on this because in a video you came out with the other day with a young marvelous Turkish superstar Mocha yes um, somebody drives by the people cleaning up one of the homeless encampments and yells at these black guys saying that white people are doing this and the black guys <laughs> laugh at them and say point at their skin like what are you talking about but when you come up and ask them what was said they're like oh no comment or they just say anything oh it's fine sir it's like you're so afraid. Yeah, these like, were three black guys. Yeah, you can't, like you're <laughs> yeah. so, something so obviously stupid happened to you where the other person was obviously wrong. And you're just like, oh no, I can't give a comment on that because what, you're gonna get fired by the city? Yeah. Uh, they're, 
like you're cleaning up a homeless encampment, which is David Manzi's uh, sounds like his year long project that he's been following. <laughs> I know, <laughs> I know Mocha has been tracking these, um, well, but you got some blowback. It, I hear it was unbelievable. I, I mean, here is some social justice warrior, presumably in his mom's Lincoln, uh, driving <laughs> south on Bathurst, yelling at these three obvious black gentlemen who are part of a security company, helping the cops clean up and maintain order against the Antifa types um, uh, being labeled, oh, I don't know, some form of white supremacist. And, and you're right. When I went up to them and I said, uh, what, what do you feel about that comment? Uh, they they clammed up and which is sad because what they should have done is uh, joked about it like they were to the cops we which we caught them on film although one he put his mask on but i could tell under his mask he was laughing so good <laughs> well on him. i want to see if there's any super chats or sorry hyper chats yes down with youtube hyper chats um from anyone who thinks that the park should not be cleared out because i know some people think that um some people uh in our company were sharing comments and photos of people disagreeing with that. And to that, I would have to turn over to my co-host, David Menzies, to tell them, I mean, I'll t say the part where if you are a drug addict, you can get help. There's plenty of yep. help in Canada. That's the thing. There's so many social services in Canada that I don't understand how anyone who's not insane can't, can't get welfare. You can, if you go to a place like Oshawa, there's 55 rent controlled apartment buildings where you can pay $150 a month and get welfare at the same time. Yep. And as you say, there's how many uh, places available in homeless More shelters? 6,000 shelter spaces. And in case you think these are horrible places to reside, some of these shelter Supposed spaces- Supposed to a park. <laughs> yeah, some of these shelter spaces, Andrew, are hotels, like three, four-star hotels that the city is leasing mm -hmm. to deal with the homeless situation. H how is that, um, uh, you know, an affront to someone's freedom? Because at the end of the day, I'm sorry, regardless of your circumstances, you simply do not have the right to camp out overnight. Because then everyone do drugs. can do it. Yeah, in a public park. You know? Oh, Justin, let's please cue up the part of the, the video where the guy drinking has a conversation with David Menzies. Oh, the, the Maple Leaf guy. Yeah, there's a guy drinking. <laughs> I think we should give him a show. Uh, there's a guy drinking cold <laughs> shots at the park, which is the tiny cans of extra um, alcohol content, yeah. tiny beers. So either you're 18 and drinking those, <laughs> or you're an alcoholic. And he's yelling at David Menzies for reporting on this. Not making oh, well, not, no, no, no. He, I, I was on a uh, was across the street and he welcomed the over exactly. to get an interview. I didn't infringe upon his privacy and I just acquiesced to what he said. Yeah, so. Uh, Typical Leafs fan. <laughs> just kidding, I'm a Leafs fan. He's no dart guy. Do you know that guy? Oh yeah, I Dart guy's got guy. his own radio show, doesn't he? Oh, <laughs> well, why? Listen, what's on local air, radio in Toronto right now, Andrew, I got to tell you, if, they, uh, if if some of these cats don't get off the air, I'm going to stop breathing it, okay? Well, I believe so, he's also an OHL scout, not to get too inside oh, here. Oh, okay. Then. He's, he's got actual inside knowledge, but maybe he should have Cold Shot Guy on. Dart Guy and Cold Shot. All right, well, let, let's, let, let's show uh, Cold Shot Guy, and if you uh, folks think uh, he's worthy of his own uh, show or segment or regular appearance, uh, so be it. Uh, Rebel News. Yeah. <laughs> Not bad. Okay. So you called me over, sir? And you ever find the Rebel yet? 
Oh, how do you mean? A rebel. You know what a rebel is? I think so, but in what context okay, are you, you explain it to me because I don't know. I'm an uneducated guy. Okay. Let's well, hear your side. You called me over here. I called you over? Well, you just did a second ago. Yes. Okay, that's fair. Okay. Yeah, I did. And so did you want to weigh in on this homeless encampment? Weigh in on what? On the homeless encampment being homeless? disassembled. Yeah. Were you a resident of the encampment, sir? I'm entitled to my own f own opinion, but I'm not going to share with you. Oh, okay. Then why'd you call me over? <laughs> why did I call you over? Yeah. I like your suit. Oh, well, thank you very much. But uh, I don't like you. Okay. Well, you know what? That's the beauty of the society we are in. We so can I need all have... a suit. I got to go to a special function. Can I borrow that? Well, yeah. What's the function? Never mind. I, uh, <laughs> I don't have to tell you that. <laughs> well, you brought it up. It's my birthday. Oh, happy birthday. How every old... day of the week, every day of the year. Happy birthday, sir. How old are you turning? Who, me? Yes. Holy <laughs> No, somebody else. Not bad. Not bad. Are you old enough to drink alcohol legally now? Who, me? Yeah. No. No? Oh, okay. All right, well. No, never. 19, I'm sure, is just around the corner. 19? Yeah. Okay, then. <laughs> when I hit puberty, I'll let you know. <laughs> Please, You'll I... You'll be the first one I call. <laughs> Please, I scare easy. Uh, yes. <laughs> It's your life. How about those Leafs? What do you make of their season this year? Yeah, you're wearing a Leaf shirt. I'm wearing their shirt, I'll tell you why. Okay. It's 100% cotton. I like that. Okay, then. All right, then. It's clean, too. Okay. You like the color? Who the f cares what you like? <laughs> See you later. Okay, thank you. Really? Who cares what I like? <laughs> You know, I, I'll tell you, he doesn't like me. He said it himself, Andrew, but I really like him for some reason. Cold he, shot guy. He Let's seems, get him. Yeah, cold shot guy. He seems to be a very deep thinker. Also, I mean, um, with every member, he called me over from the other side of the street. And when I ask a question, his question of who me, I had to resist saying, no, the tree behind you is who I'm trying <laughs> to interview. But um, I think... Um, he is a resident of that tent city and, uh, he didn't look too bad. He didn't look too worse for wear. He had a brand new, uh, 100% Toronto <laughs> Maple Leaf shirt. It looks like the, the real deal. I can't afford those. I kind mean, of he's shirts. getting wasted <laughs> on the middle of what a Tuesday afternoon across from the street from a park. So he can't be having too much of a rough go. You know, what function would a homeless man be going to? <laughs> I mean, like, you know, I don't think he's is there homeless. like tramp con coming to Toronto? Or David, you're being like too that. insensitive. <laughs> we should let them live in the park where you've been bitten by dog or you've been attacked by people <laughs> yes that's I'm true i'm pulling out my phone because we've got a couple chats in oh here. fantastic um a tip from of 20 dollars from annalisa s oh thank you annalisa she's so generous thank you annalisa uh your ball of david menzies hair is in the mail <laughs> um from rumble daughter of, of daughter of narcissist interesting name what about critical beard theory where baby <laughs> Where babies cry when dad shaves off his beard. Of course, babies prefer what they know. Doesn't mean babies are beardist. That's a good, <laughs> good anagram or something. Oh. Anagram's not what that is. But uh, um, from Super U, Mog says babies show preference to what they see all the time. It has nothing to do with race. That's exactly what I was saying. Ryan Rosty says could listen to that guy for hours. Uh, I'm guessing he's thinking of cold shot guy there. <laughs> We need to get cold shot guy. We need you. Andrew says at rebelnews.com. David Menz, I think just David at rebelnews.com is the email. What, what, what do we have in the budget uh, to pay cold shot guy? Six uh, cases of cold shots. You, get, <laughs> you know what? Yeah, they come in four packs. They come in four packs because they're so strong. 
Oh, well, you know what? I would precede that, Andrew, with the phrase, uh, don't ask me how I know this, but. <laughs> I was 117. Uh, that's how I know this. Devil's Advocate says, David just attracts the wi the winners, doesn't he? <laughs> you really do. Just like in high school. Dog biters, <laughs> alcoholics. Uh, yeah, you know what? I seem to be a chaos, a chaos magnet for some reason, mm -hmm. Andrew. I, I, I try to be friendly and civil, uh, have people dropping F-bombs on me, sicking dogs, throwing things at me. And uh, I, it's, uh, you know, come on. I'm the lovable one, don't you think? <laughs> Before we run out of time, let's pull up the <laughs> Rebel News Store. Yes. RebelNewsStore.com, because there are new shirts dropping all the time. And I like them, especially the if we go to the new collection, Justin, the producer, who's having trouble finding our website right now, it seems like, uh, RebelNewsStore.com. There he goes. Um, these new designs here, I really like. Um, if we keep going down, yes, I like the 1984 one there. The Back to the Future one I've got in the mail right now. Wow, look um, at you. <laughs> thanks, David. <laughs> um, so there's so many new things dropping all I the time. I love Wilka Coke. I, I'm a big fan of soda shirts, so maybe I'll get that one too. Yeah. Um, if you want a discount of 10% off, it's Andrew 10 at checkout, or you can choose uh, David 10's, but that one won't work. It'll give you actually $10 oh, added. Look at that. That's David Manzi's real body, <laughs> I've been told. That's not Triple H. Uh, not, not exactly as advertised, but at this point, Andrew, I want to say that the offer is still on the table, and I'm and this is not company money. It's my own dough. First person I see uh, wearing the Menzoid T-shirt in public, you're going to get a nice, crisp $100 bill, courtesy of me, for my gratitude that you would wear something with my likeness on it, albeit a likeness. Not exactly as advertised. <laughs> Which uh, racist is on the $100 bill? Uh, isn't it Borden? I don't know. Or is that the $50 bill? Shout out to CFB Borden, terrible base <laughs> in Ontario. <laughs> Just terrible place to be at any well, time. You, you used to be a soldier, didn't you? I did, so Thank you for say. your service. Thank you for your service <laughs> of whatever it is you're doing these days. What did you do in the Army? Um, do we have to talk about this? Uh, peel potatoes? <laughs> yeah. I was on the show MASH is basically what I did in the Army. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you were Radar O'Reilly, I guess, right? I don't know who that is. Well, um, somebody's running for office, which yes. is something I encourage Sheila Gunn-Reed to do all the time. I say, Sheila, run in small town Alberta. You'll win. She will win. Exactly. That's the point. And then just do one term. I don't know. Is it six years if she's an MP or an MPP? Um, just, you know, rustle feathers as much as you can. But I can't convince her to do it. She has this thing where she doesn't like be, doesn't like the government, you know? Well, you know but, what? Mm -hmm. She'd be an amazing agent for change within the government. And that's the thing. We need people exactly like Sheila Gunn-Reed. Exactly. Andrew, too. We've had all kinds of crazy leftists and progressives and Marxists and socialists invade government. Um, even uh, people that are conservative in name only uh, getting involved with uh, conservative parties and progressive conservative parties. Everyone but Derek Sloan. <laughs> well, yeah. Oh, yeah. So much for the big tent, right? You know, uh, Aaron O'Toole. Oh, yeah, it's a big tent. Oh, it's you're a social tent. conservative. It's a huge tent. Boy Scout walkout. It's the biggest uh, tent you've ever seen. Yeah, and, the, and it's people exactly like Sheila Gunn-Reed to get onto some kind of lever of power that is needed. You know, producer run. Efron wants you to run. I, you know what? I think I would do myself in on day one by just simply <laughs> honestly answering a question and using impolite. Why don't you uh, run for mayor of Toronto? 
oh, well, you know, wouldn't that be lovely? Um, you know what? Maybe I should run for something as a social experiment just to, but here's the problem. You can get in that top five or Andrew, whatever it is that gets you on the debate stage, well, I think. What if, like, Jesse the Body Ventura, when he ran for governor and actually won, right, which nobody expected at the time. Mayor Kane? Yeah, but what if I, what if I win? I mean, then I would have to leave Rebel News. I can't. I think the what you're supposed to do if you win is you start a show about conspiracy theories like Jesse Ventura, <laughs> where you demand <laughs> to be let into every facility. I'm a former governor. I was a Navy SEAL, David. Why can't I go in? And then you can be the guy going to like the military bases demanding you get in because you held yeah, office. That's going to work really well. <laughs> <laughs> it's a show on sci-fi or something you can have. Maybe an A&E show. Go gain 600 pounds. You'll be on 600 pound so, life. Oh, you know what? If I don't get on my bike today, that might happen uh, sometime soon. But um, so what is the story uh, with the, the PPC candidate? Yeah, we want to mention um, Viva Frey, I believe it's pronounced, a fellow Frenchman like myself. Hmm. Um, even though I'm not practicing. He's running in some sort of jurisdiction in Quebec um, as a member of the PPC. He's a good guy from what I've seen from him. Um, we've had um, interactions with him. I believe Ezra was on Michaela Peterson's podcast with him. So he's sort of, uh, you know, if you like Rebel News or Ezra Levant, you're probably going to be on his side uh, policy-wise. So he's running as a PPC candidate, um, I think, the idea here is we wish him all the best because it's not very often that people, I mean, I like to point out the anti-lockdown groups. Um, what have they actually done? Have they changed any policy? Have they gone and done this mass non-compliance that they said they're going to do? No. Um, maybe somebody should run for office. Maybe Rob Carbone should be, run for prime minister. I mean, well, he's, a, he? he's, he's a billionaire. He's the head of the Republican Party, I understand. The party that doesn't exist. Um, he's a Wait, billionaire. it's not been registered yet? I, not the last time I checked. Oh, jeez. Well, that, that's a problem. Rob Carbone, come <laughs> on the David Menzies show and uh, tell us how you made your billions, by the way. There's no such thing as a David Menzies show. There will be now. It's the You'll have a fake show just like he has, he has a fake website. And uh, standing in front of the green screen. But I digress on that. Justin, do we have more uh, hyper chats that I can get to? Yes, we do. I of believe course we, we can. Do. Of course we do. It better be. Lots to a, talk about. It better be about the homeless encampment, David Menzies. Well, we have free speech here, so they'll talk about what they darn well please. The Devil's talk. Advocate. Um, <laughs> oh, no, we read that one where David attracts the winners. Um, daughter of Narcissist again says, David Menzies is like Detective Columbo, disarmingly well-mannered, then bam, tough question. Now, I want to see, I'm guessing people notice you have a new hat that you're wearing. Yes. So I want to see um, Superstar Mocha dressed in a suit wearing a hat, and you dress in a suit wearing another hat, some sort of detective-like sketch for these ho homeless encampments. That's a good idea, I think, that you should write down. But you know what? I, I think that was a very insightful comment because, um, first of all, back in the day when, uh, I think was it the ABC Weekly Mysteries, Columbo <laughs> was, you know, there was Macmillan and Wife and so on and so forth. Columbo was the five coupon uh, ride of that series. And uh, yeah, you know, the whole idea of Columbo Detective Columbo, he had the frumpy raincoat. He drove a, Cigar. a piece of junk uh, French imported vehicle. And um, he came across looking, you know, like he was in a haze. And that's when the people he's investigating let their guard down and say something they probably shouldn't have said because they just <laughs> assume he's a dimwit. And, uh, and his famous line is, oh, 
just one more thing, which is what I always say when I'm being escorted out by security, you know, get that final question in, you know, the, the killer question. So, I, 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 yeah, Can I ask to be you compared to Detective Columbo, that's a compliment. And Tolly says on Subaru, it's funny how only conservatives are kicked out of the conservative party. <laughs> well, you know, when you're Aaron O'Toole and you're Doug Ford and you don't really stand for anything at all other than, you know, nothing, I guess. I tried to come up with something there. Aaron O'Toole says he's against uh, censorship, but didn't say anything when, like, you know, Trump was kicked off of 17 other things. Oh, it's not in that country. Oh, wait a minute. You know, Andrew, you mentioned to the audience that you've already ordered the DeLorean uh, yes. T-shirt. Well, if we got into a DeLorean with a flux capacitor and went back in time to July 2020, mm -hmm. uh, Mr. O'Toole was pro-free speech and anti-cancel culture. He said it at our own event. And we... Uh, go one year into, well, it wasn't even one year, it was within months of becoming leader, suddenly pro-cancel culture, anti-free speech. This is a disaster, and I, I'll tell you this, I know we have to go soon. I think, I don't want this to happen, but I think it's gonna happen. I think the conservatives are gonna get slaughtered in the next election. I believe Ezra uh, did some math. He can see another 20 seats being yeah. lost by the conservative party. And it is because of this kind of crap coming out of Aaron O'Toole's mouth, saying one thing that appealed to conservatives when he was vying for the leadership, getting the leadership, doing another thing, courting the mainstream media, the mean girls in the party. Uh, geez, what, whose strategy was this? Oh yeah, Andrew Scheer. How did, the, how did that work for you, Conservative Party of Canada? I'm voting for that guy, John John with the Hitler mustache, um, allegedly. Do we have a photo of him? I think. Give it. I think somewhere we've got to, I don't know, but um, if we can come up with that in a minute, fine. But he says 12 years ago, he dressed up as Charlie Chaplin. Not sure why he took the picture of himself with his shirt off. One of the pictures says, hi, John, or one of the comments, sorry. It wasn't a new comment, it was an old comment. I really don't care. I, I mean, I'm not gonna call it, like, I don't care if the guy's lying or telling the truth, it's just a funny story. And his name's John John. If you're voting for a guy named John John, then there's a problem Sounds already. Sounds like one of the Waltons, or was that John Boy? You know, <laughs> folks, uh, I'm gonna give you some advice. Um, if you're a male and you wanna grow a mustache post Charlie Chaplin and Adolf Hitler, don't do the rectangular, it's not, what are they? Uh, yeah, square. The, the square, <laughs> or is it a rectangle? I'm, 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 I'm sorry, I'm a grade 11 math uh, dropout. Don't do that linear, um, it looks like a piece of uh, duct tape uh, on, under your nose. <laughs> Manzies is like Ricky from Trailer Park Boy. You just got his grade 10. Like or better yet, just don't grow a mustache. Don't, don't, don't. Uh, well, there was that Michael Jordan commercial where he had the same mustache, if you recall. That's right. It's, it's just, it's going to be trouble. I, I I'm just saying that. I think uh, producer Justin's had enough of us. Before we go, I want to ask you if you watched the show Kung Fu when it was out. Oh, I sure did. Of course. Where Kung Fu the Legend Continues? Oh, um, is this where it's, That's a, where he it's was, a woke kung fu? No, that was when he had the little kid and he was just helping him go through life. Oh, okay, because I thought I heard there's a new kung fu, and I think the protagonist is female, of course, because you have to because, reinvent all because the Because the, the, I believe the wife of Bruce Lee, who claimed that it was the idea was stolen from them, which it actually wasn't, she's coming out with a new version of it. Oh, yeah. okay, because it was David Carradine yes. that played the title role. Um, who is no longer... With us. Yes. Uh, Quinn Tarantino says Bruce Lee's wife is a liar. So we'll end on that. Um, thanks, everybody, for watching. Thanks for putting up with us. David Menzies, last words as you always want. As always, stay sane.